Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. My name is Ryan Cabrera, and I am your co-host, and I am here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. What a great time to be together. Man, it's a great time to be alive, you know? We just experienced Shavuot this past weekend. We did, and did you notice the color-coded biblical calendar? Uh, Caution for seven weeks leading up to Shavuot. And now we're what? And now look what happened. There was a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas the Friday just before Shavuot. That That's that right. Like right before. Yeah. So so just the day out. Just Shavuot's in time for God's hit. people to experience his presence. Amen. So not to say that, you know, we have the exact dates right and everything, but we counted seven weeks plus one day and we got to Pentecost on uh, Saturday night. That's right. That's right. May 22nd. So that Saturday night, yeah, May 22nd. Yeah, we had hamburgers and hot dogs and baked beans and coleslaw. Boy, did we. We had a nice meal. <laughs> we sure did. You know what's cool is the contrast between Passover and Shavuot is that with one, you have unleavened bread, but you get all the puffy bread you want on this Shavuot. This is true. This is true. And I'll tell you, we, we did the baptism of the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. Yes, we did. And we had uh, a lot of children came up to receive the yeah, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Youth and young people, yeah. Through the laying on of hands, all ages, from uh-huh. five and up. Yeah. No, it was awesome. I, it I was, enjoyed just being a powerful. part of it. I'm still like recovering from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still you may not the, have recovered. The residue. You, <laughs> you know? may never recover. Ah, not where I'm going. Yeah. yeah. And we have our altar of incense right here, That's right? Good. The prayers of the saints going up to That's God. Right. Amen. That's the piece of furniture we're at today. That's right. Pray the will of God. I mean, we are Christians with Torah, right? We believe in spiritual exercise. We believe in praying. We believe in reading your Bibles, and we believe in worship. Amen. Doing the things right. that God has called us to do to be in a relationship Absolutely. with Him. Absolutely. So, and so what we're doing today as part <laughs> of our Bible study and our Stuff like that is our Torah portion for the week, which is Beha Alatka, which means when you kindle. And this is the Torah portion found in the book of Numbers, starting in chapter 8 and verse 1 and ending in chapter 12 and verse 16. Man, this is so good. You know, just looking over, my, just to reiterate, let's see if I can find it here. Just so I can reiterate how powerful this is, you know, uh, the book of Numbers is the journey to God's rest land. Um, three key words that are found in the book of Numbers is, of course, service, war, and wilderness. Service, war, and wilderness. Uh, this particular book is broken up into three parts, which is very interesting. Uh, chapters 1 through 9 is at Sinai. It's the preparation for the journey. Mm. Uh, the time period is a few weeks, of course, that we have this Mount Sinai. Um, we have, of course, chapter 10, verse 11, all the way through chapter 21, verse 4. This is to Moab, uh, the journey. This is about 39 years, and of course, Mount Hor is noted here as that mountain uh, that will come into play later. Uh, then last but not least, this third part is very interesting, at Moab, uh, Numbers chapter 22 and verse 2, all the way through chapter 36. This is at the gate to the land. This took place within a few months. So remember, the next generation blew it at Bel Peor. Yes, they, they committed did. sexual immorality, which led to idolatry, That's right. which is the golden calf incident reversed. Yep. They committed idolatry first, which led them to sexual immorality. So remember this, everyone, that sexual immorality is idolatry. You know, what's also interesting is I feel like maybe prophetically we're in that section you just talked about, the gate to the land. It would be nice. I mean, I think we're close. I hope. I think we are. I'm we're no longer in we exile. We're just scattered. Right, right, right. So right. God is trying to get our attention. Correct. And gather us. That's it. He's writing his Torah on And Yeshua says, is he who doesn't gathers... Right. Scattered. So this is very interesting as we get into this book. Uh, we're, we're in chapter 8. The seven lamps and the Levites are purified. Uh, what was the purpose of the seven lamps on the candlestick or the menorah? It was to have light. So the, the way they got light in the holy place was through the lamps on the menorah. Right. So that menorah actually sits in the inner court. Right. There's the outer court with the altar uh, and, of course, the labor. And then, of course, you're exposed to all the elements. But once you pull the curtain back... 
right? And you go back behind it, you see the menorah, which is a picture of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, uh, being filled with the Spirit. And then we have the table of showbread in there and the altar of incense, so this, this holy triangle here. But once again, you know, uh, we know even in the book of Revelation that uh, the seven uh, lamps or seven candlesticks or menorahs represent seven churches. That's right. And so you got to watch yourself or else he'll take the, the menorah out of your church. And we don't want that. It'll be Ichabod, you know. Yeah. So we are moving towards the direction of having a brighter menorah yes, than amen. we've ever had. Amen. So that's what we're moving towards. Uh, it was to give light. And did the Levites require cleansing? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. The three things that were required of the Levites for the cleansing process was to sprinkle water of purifying on them, shave all their flesh, and wash their clothes. The Levites had to perform animal sacrifices for the cleansing process. Uh, the children of Israel put their hands on the Levites. Once again, the laying on of hands. Yes. Very interesting. Thus shalt thou separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. Numbers 8, 14. So we have this cleansing process, separating. You know, I've severed you from the people. And right. Leviticus even says, we'll find that out later. But, uh, you know, the thing is, here we have this cleansing process and then which is a ceremonial law and you know uh and then of course we have and that's what a mikvah is right and then of course we have this separating them see well he, separate them. here's what's cool right you have we're talking about the seven lamps yet again and for what purpose in this section but if the if the lamp stand in the menorah represents the presence of the holy spirit and now the people of god are putting their hands on the levites basically anointing them the laying on of hands and so here we are i mean i don't find it coincidental that all that's together in this little section that you put those two together you yeah have the holy spirit right there as the people are putting their hands onto the levites to separate them from the people that's true. That's true. So think about that. So did the firstborn of man and beast from the children of Israel belong to the Lord? Oh, yeah. Exodus 13, 2. I'm going to read this. This is a very good verse here. Exodus 13, 2. Very, very good here. Sanctify unto me all the firstborn whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. Mm -hmm. So the firstborn belonged to the Lord. So there you have it. So with that, why could he take the firstborn? Because they belong. They belong to him. So they're his. <laughs> yeah. You know, whether you're uh, the poor man in the dungeon or or the the you know the Pharaoh's son. And it was the firstborn that opened the womb, right? So they. Uh, I think we always think of the firstborn being the firstborn of man, but it appears that it might be the firstborn of woman. Right. You know, it's interesting, you know, the whole, the right of the firstborn is so important to carry on the responsibilities and everything. Um, now, here we go. Now we're going to get into some really cool stuff here. Just, we've done this before. We'll do it again. What was the beginning and ending age for the Levites who served in the tabernacle based on Numbers chapter 8, verses 24, 25? So this is 25 to 50. 25 yeah. to 50. So now, we, as we go back to Numbers chapter 4, verse 3, it was 30 to 50. But so that's for the priests. Know. Right. But I'm just saying that it's it's the same thing dealing with age difference. Yeah, so you have Aaron's sons from 30 to 50, but then you have the Levites as a whole from 25 to 50. Now, that, that could be something we could talk about. Yeah. It's something to research. But it seems like the age was dropped down uh, to better serve the people. We know that Yeshua began his ministry when he was 30. Yeah. Uh, about 30. So uh, the thing is, uh, you know, as we look at this, we can also find in... Um, Actually, First Chronicles twenty three three. Uh, it's actually mentioned thirty to fifty, but as you move down through this particular uh, reference of, of this chapter in First Chronicles twenty three, because we talked about verse three was thirty to fifty by King David, it drops down to twenty years old. Right in First Chronicles twenty three verses twenty four and twenty seven. So I guess there's a there's a need for priests. Yeah, they need more people. You know, it's like the Catholic priests. Who wants to be celibate? Yeah, that's, that's a tough. Road. <laughs> that's a tough job. You know. One celibate to nine that are not, I don't know what the, yeah, rate, what the rate is yeah. or the, the numbers, the percentages. But I know that when I looked up in the heavens as a little Catholic altar boy, I knew I wanted to get married and have children. Right. So therefore, I did not become a priest among Catholicism. Right. So once again, that's kind of interesting. Um, now, as we look at all of this, the age and the preparation and the cleansing and I separated you, you know, um, God wants a kingdom of priests, but in the Mosaic Covenant... Uh, or the Torah, that was made between God and Israel, it was declared that they would be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. 
How is that applied today? Now, why don't you read those two verses, Ryan? Sure. So the first one's Exodus, Exodus 19, 19, 6, 19, and then 6. 1 Peter 2, 9, if you could read that as well. Yep. These are two cross-references. Mm-hmm. That's what's really cool about the Old Testament. Go find the, 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 the cross-references that take you to the New Testament. So I really like 5 and 6, because 5 says this in chapter 19. It says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So you got that little if-then statement, right? That what do, what do we supposed to be keeping his covenant, right? And obeying A peculiar treasure? Is that what it voice. says in there? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Segula. That's right. You're in his hand. You're a precious jewel. Yeah, that's segula. Right. That's right. I saw an episode of Monk the other day where he was the best man for a guy's wedding, and he gave him the ring, and he kept his hand shut with the ring in his hand for like, Two weeks until the wedding because he had the ring that whole time. And like at the wedding, they could barely pry his hand open because he had held it. Because he's a, he's a special guy, right? He's yeah, you like, the, you like that. I do. It's entertaining, I'm sure. I do. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. All right, so here we come to First uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. And this is the section where Peter's telling the people that they're the body of Christ, that together they right. make up the temple, right? They're lively stones. Yeah fit together, and then he goes into telling them that, you know, Yeshua is a stone, a rock of offense, right, uh, causing people to stumble because they can't get over the fact of his deity. Right. But he says this, he says, bec- not talking of these people who are stumbling over Yeshua, meaning his own people stumbling, right, but you, he says, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then he even goes on and says this, a quote from Hosea. So we know who he's speaking to. He's speaking to us, right? He says, Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but have now Hosea. obtained so mercy. So here's, here's two things. I just want to share with everybody watching or listening. There's muddy waters mm-hmm. around us in our culture. Ooh, There's yeah. muddy, muddy waters. And there is a lot, I'm telling you, a lot of contamination through our eyes, through our ears. Oh, yeah. We have to really, really, really police ourselves. Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, we have to because it's pure filth. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm just like, don't even want to see it, be around it. Don't even show me. Yeah. yeah. Don't repeat Amen. it. Amen. So, so anyway, um, how cool is that, you know, as the bride's preparing herself, you know. And, and I was just thinking, uh, as we're in the theme of Shavuot and the Holy Spirit, you know, the spirit and the bride say come. Hallelujah. So we're, we're getting ready to move in the direction of the Holy Spirit yeah. like we've never had before. Yeah. Because it's time. You I know, I agree. We, we've all been taught now. We all know the Torah. Yeah. The core group. We know. Yeah. We know Shabbat. We, we've got all the basics down. But now it's time to experience a present day God through the Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. So, yeah. Well, and... and and speaking of these verses that are from Exodus and then also from First Peter, talking about a holy priesthood, a holy nation, um, we as the called out ones, right, as the ecclesia, the church, right, God's chosen people, we as the ones that have been called out, uh, we have a job now that we've been given this, and that is to hold this. What did the priest do? The priest taught the people God's commands. Right. He helped them you know, practice righteous living. Right. When they needed something, people would come to them to get help. And right. so we need to be those people that are living this out in a way that attracts other people right? so that we can be that holy we priesthood. we can be separated, sanctified, and set apart. Exactly right. And you're not going to do it if if you're just like everybody else. If you're just you know if you, you look like them, talk like them, act like them, and by them I mean the greater you know you know world, then they're not going to um, come to you because you're just like them. What, what do they have to come to you for? That's true. It's hard to be separate, right? Sometimes right. You, you get lonely. Sometimes you feel left out. Sometimes you feel you know whatever. But you're not right. God has set you apart for His purposes, and what an honor that is. It's great, you know. So there's going to be a lot of cool things that are going to go on here that are going to set the precedence to show what God's all about. Uh, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and take, um, let's go ahead and hit, you, you go ahead and take Numbers uh, chapter 9, the Passover in the second month. Yeah. We'll do that. What a cool concept this is, Passover. right? It's the only feast day that you would make up. But God is so faithful to us. His so so why merciful. were certain men unable to keep the Passover? So 
uh, for any number of reasons, but these specifically uh, that we give in, in Numbers chapter 9, were defiled by the dead body of a man. And uh, yeah. so, so they come to him and they say, hey, look, we yeah. can't do the Passover. Right. What do we do? We're unclean. What do we do, right? right. And it wasn't necessarily they were unclean for anything that they had done that was a sin. Right. Amen. And so uh, Moses, ceremonial. Moses goes to God. It's not civil, right? Ceremonial. Right. Moses goes to God with a um, petition to ask. And so he gives him a provision and says um, that he can provide for them to celebrate the Passover on a second chance in the second month on the 14th day. So just like what they would do in the first month on the 14th day of the month, they would follow all the same things in the second month on the 14th day if they had missed the first one. And it gives uh, multiple things. If you were unclean by reason of a dead body or any other reason, and then also if you were on a journey afar off. Amen. So, you know, we've actually practiced this at, at our church one year. We did the second Passover. That's cool. We were led to do it. God showed it to me. We really did it. But the example that we have here is found in Second Chronicles chapter 30, verses 1 through 27. Uh, Hezekiah celebrates the Passover. Uh, it says right here in Second Chronicles 30, verse 1. I'm just going to read a few verses here to show you what really took place here. And Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel. For the king had taken counsel and his princes and all the congregation of Jerusalem to keep the Passover in the second month. For they could not keep it at that time because the priests had not sanctified themselves sufficiently, neither had the people gathered themselves together at or yeah, to Jerusalem. And the thing pleased the king and all the congregation. So now they, they sent out the invitation and everything. It's very interesting. Um, they, they sent this out. And some people uh, were stiff-necked. <laughs> they were stiff-necked and, uh, you know, and even says here, now be not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord and enter into his sanctuary, which he had sanctified forever, verse 8, 2 Chronicles 30. And serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. Um, so anyway, so the, the post passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even to Zebulun, but they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. I'm not coming. Nevertheless, divers of Asher, Manasseh, and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. What a great news. Listen to this. this the, remnant, is so, the remnant is there. This is so interesting. Well, I'm not good enough. And, you know, this. Yeah. Low self-image. But check this out. This is very interesting. In verse 15, Then they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the second month, and the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. And they stood in their place after their manner, according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood which they received of the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore, the Levites had the charge of the killing of the Passovers for everyone that was not clean to sanctify them unto the Lord. For a multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim and Manasseh, Issachar and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves. Yet did they eat the Passover otherwise than it was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon everyone. That prepareth his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And the Lord hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. Hallelujah. Like, man, I just, I, I'm not doing it right. I don't, I don't have it all together and this and that. Yeah. You know, just as you are, you come. You, you come to the Lord and then he cleans you up and does things. I thought that yeah. was good. And one of the things I noticed about this second Passover and Hezekiah's example is that, you know, they didn't do it right. And God still showed up for them. Right. Um, how many Even of the us? Second one. In the second That's what I'm saying. They did it for two weeks, just in case, right? Yeah. And so I, I look at this example, and I just thank God for his mercy that, you know, those of us that are in the Hebrew roots, we're coming out of, you know, pagan idolatry of some form or another, whether from the world or from some other, you know, uh, other religion or whatever it is. We're coming into a, a more true biblical faith. And guess what? God is blessing it. And so this pattern comes in Hezekiah. Yeah, because let me just reiterate this verse that you said. And the whole assembly took counsel to keep other seven days. Yes. And they kept other seven days with gladness. Yes. They extended it. They did. Week. They did Passover for two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, after seven days, I'm ready for some puffy bread. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, that's 
pretty cool. It is. It's very it's cool. It's the only feast day that you can make up, which is salvation. No, but what's cool is I think that for those of you that are, or for those of us that out there have even said this, because I've definitely said this before in, in the past, and people say this all the time, oh, well, God knows my heart, right? I think when yeah, you're so... Wicked. Right. <laughs> exactly, right? So, so many times we use that as an excuse not to keep God's commands. But in this case, God sees the heart of Hezekiah in, in the people of Israel and their zealousness to make up to God the time that they have missed, to reclaim it and redeem it right. and spend that time with God. Now, they here's, cared. Here's what's cool. So got this example we have for Hezekiah. Well, what precedes all of this? They discovered the Torah, right? Josiah? King Josiah? No, Hezekiah first. Oh, right? So Hezekiah, or maybe Josiah was first. Josiah. No, Hezekiah. It was Josiah. Josiah was first, right? So Hezekiah yeah. discovers it. Hez, I'm sorry, Josiah discovers it. Hezekiah discovers it. Ezra and Nehemiah, again, discover it, right? Yeah, with restoration. And it comes to them as this new thing. And right. they realize, right? And they repent. And they realize, you know, hey, listen, God has a way of doing things and we have not been keeping it. Amen. That's us today. We have always had the front of the book, right? We've always had it. We've always had the Torah. It's always been here in our Bibles. I mean, some people have cut it out, you know, for just like the New Testament and Psalms version, but um, but we've always had it. It's always been here. It's not that this information was missing, but it's this, by the Spirit of God and through His revelation that He's given it to us today that we can walk in His ways again. Now, I've got a second witness for all this, right? So um, we heard a message this week talking about these verses. We just, I didn't put it all together until last night when we're sitting down to study, Right. And I noticed that it says here, the very next thing that happens, right? Because remember, the, the thing here that happened is they discovered the Torah. They start reading. They realize, oh, geez, we missed the first Passover. So they keep the right. second Passover, okay? But then they're also going through the process of like lining up everything else that needs to happen, right? right? The cleaning of the temple and the consecration, right? Making sure that everything, you know, I'm sure there's vines growing up the walls or something there, right. you know? And so they're, they're cleaning house and doing everything right the way they're supposed to. And then they also realize, wait a second, we're supposed to be providing for the needs of the Levites and That's the priests. Right, and the offering. And so they an offering. So then Hezekiah, after and of course it says after getting his kingly portion, right? Because he had to get you know provision oh, yeah. provision for the king first. He probably had a lot of kids like me. <laughs> it says that they they took up an offering for the Levites. And so it says here, starting in verse five, it says, "And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of corn, wine, and oil, and honey, and all the increase of the field, and the tithe of all things brought they in abundantly." Right? Where are you at? I'm in uh, chapter thirty-one, verse five. 31. Yep, it's the next, the very next set of... Uh, Religious reforms continue. Yes. Yes, and so then it says, and concerning the children of Israel and Judah, right, there you go, Israel and Judah, uh, that dwelt in the cities of Judah, they also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep and the tithe of holy things which were consecrated unto the Lord their God and laid them in heaps. So they literally had so much coming in from the people that they had to pile it up into great big piles that they're calling heaps. And it says in the third month, so this is the month after that second Passover, so they celebrated second Passover all the way till the end of the second month because it was for two weeks from the 14th day all the way to the 28th day. And so now in the third month, they began to lay the foundation of the heaps and finish them in the seventh month. So for five months. They gathered everything in and brought it. It took them five. There was so much. It took them five months. What did the pastor say from this church? March, April, May, June, July. That's right. He's talking about this year, right? Because he says he got this word on February 28th, right? Which I thought was pretty cool. To be reading this on February 28th, that's a cool, I mean, just when you put it all together. I know. It's good. It's relevant. It is. And so then it says, and when Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, Right, these big piles, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned with the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have left plenty, meaning they have plenty left over. Right. For the Lord has blessed his people, and that which is left is this great store. Amen. And so I was encouraged by this because I really feel like the word of the Lord right now is that God's people are going to be blessed, but you're not going to be blessed for the purpose of just 
you know, providing for you and yours. You're being blessed right now as the people of God because we have kingdom work to do. We have to be focused on building the kingdom. Matthew 6.33 says what? Seek ye first, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Talking about provision, right? And so when we take care of God's business, he takes care of ours. That's I truly true. believe if it. If he gives you vision, he'll give you provision. Amen. I believe it. Let's continue on. I believe it. All right. So let's bust a move. All right. So uh, moving right along. Behind. I mean, you know, we'll, we, we can we can get through this. I think. I, I think so. I believe. I we believe. will. By faith. Amen. <laughs> By faith. All right. So chapter 9, verse 14 of Numbers says, And if a stranger shall, so, shall, shall sojourn among you and will keep the Passover unto the Lord, according to the ordinance of the Passover and according to the manner thereof, so shall he do. Ye shall have one ordinance, both for the stranger and for him that was born in the land. I, I, um, this is this is almost verbatim quoted twice. Um, back in Exodus, it says this, and here in Numbers, it says this: the one law provision, right? And so, some people would eisegetically take this out of context and say it's just for the Passover, which I can obviously see it's for the Passover. But I truly believe that this is a scriptural principle that the family of God, those of us that are adopted into the kingdom by as sons and daughters through the blood of Yeshua, we. Or have the responsibility of upholding the teachings and instructions of God. Amen. Wow, that's good. Yeah. All right. So what? That's it. What covered? Uh, this this is feels like it's not even enough, right? What covered the tabernacle? Cloud by day and fire by night. So right. like like the pastor said at this church, right? Cloud by day kept the sun off them. Fire by night kept them warm. We've been saying this for years, you know. I know. Isn't that cool though? They so, they get sunburnt. So when the cloud moved, the children of Israel moved with it. Right. So how is the cloud moving today in regards to the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith? Well, for some, it's not moving. (laughs) It's stagnant. It is. It's not good. Yeah. So we got to look at what God's doing here at Beit Tehillah. Well, Judah approaches Joseph. Yes. Jewish people are contacting us because we're Christians. Even this morning. That's right. Even this morning. So Judah approaches Joseph. That's right. Judah approaches Joseph, which is the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles through mutual respect. Amen. So the Jews... Uh, need the support of Christians that love Israel, yes. love the Jewish people, uh, and respect Judaism. And I would say that again. Christians need to respect Judaism. Okay, Practice your faith as a Christian. Let them practice their faith in Judaism. And I'm telling you, it's it's happening. Judah approaches Joseph. We're going to encourage them. It's going to be incredible because it says the two sticks will become one in his hand. Then you have the battle of Gog and Magog. We know the Valley of Dry Bones is Israel as a nation. And that's Ezekiel 37 and, and 38. Too, and I guess the latest news story is that Israel has rejected, right? The vaccine, the pass. vaccine passport. Yes! Rejected it. And I guess Spain followed. Whoa! They're not going to do it. Yeah. Ain't going to do it. It's not prudent. <laughs> not going to do it. Read my lips. So anyway, <laughs> of course, the last guy that said, the last guy said, read my lips, didn't keep his promise. So we're, we're, we're we should use that. We're not going to get caught up in that. I will, I will say this about the cloud moving. Um, I 100% agree. The reconciliation and the regathering of the whole house of Israel is the move of God. Bran- branches are wild and natural. The cloud is moving, right? Here in Numbers, as we go through the next 39 years, right, over that time, they went to 42 different places, okay? The church and the move of God has been all over the place over the years, right? There's been this, this, there's this revival, that, this, you know, this reformation, that thing. There has been— I want to check out the— uh in 1904, the Welsh Revival. The Welsh Revival. We got to look that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the second the time you've said that. So Welsh Revival. we'll have to look it's that Wales, up. Wales, right? Yes, yes, yes. I actually have some Welsh in me. Ah, I like Welsh's grape juice. I do. I, That's not the same <laughs> I don't. I don't think those are related. <laughs> but my point about saying this is that I truly believe that uh, we as Christians have a big role to play in the coming days. Yeah, we do. When it comes to the reconciliation and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. But the first part of that is realizing that we're part of the whole house of Israel. We're part of the commonwealth of Israel. We are grafted in. We are family. we are far away. We are family. And it's time for us to take our place and not to come in and demand rights as a family member. We're not looking for that. No. We need to come in and show that we can be responsible. Yeah. And that we can be counted on. Amen. That's good. You know, as we move into Numbers chapter 10, we have the blowing of trumpets. Uh, And so what did the Lord tell Moses to make to call the assembly together? Two silver trumpets. That's right. Two silver trumpets, which is different than shofars. They're silver. Silver means redemption. The sons of Aaron, the priests, were in charge of blowing the trumpets. 
Uh, when the children of Israel go to war against their enemies in their land and sound an alarm, the Lord will remember them. Of course, the trumpets were blown for feast days, new moons, and offerings. Matter of fact, you can read Numbers 10.10 if you don't mind. Actually, Numbers 10.10 is one of our new moon verses. Numbers 10.10, new moon. It's highlighted. Look at that. That's right. Also in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days and in the beginnings of your months, you shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings that they may be with you or may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. So there you go. We blow the shofars for the Sabbath. For the new moon. Matter of fact, you blow the shofar for Teshuvah yeah. each, each morning. Yeah. And I do believe you read Psalm 27, but we don't want to be talking about Teshuvah just yet. Not yet. Uh, so there, there we go. They're very interesting. Uh, Children of Israel, leave the wilderness of Sinai in the second month on the 20th day in the second year, and the cloud rested in the wilderness of Paran. So once again, now, as you look at the um, Jensen's Old Testament survey, uh, they're going to be heading out because it's what? to Moab, which is the journey, this takes about 39 years. And of course, Mount Hor will, will be included in these chapters. Uh, I believe that's where Aaron is, is going to pass away and, and buried. But Numbers chapter 10, verse 11, because you did Numbers 10, 10. Yes. So Numbers 10, 11 kicks us off into part two that's right. of the book of Numbers. Three key words, service, war, and wilderness, you know, service, war, and wilderness. Uh, when Moses invited his father-in-law Jethro to go on the journey with him to share in the promises made to the children of Israel concerning the promised land, what was his response? He said, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my kindred. So this is something to remind everyone. I should always take this tail end of it. Oh, man, you don't want to go on the journey? They're not meant to go on the journey. Yeah. They're a part of your journey, but they're not meant to go on the journey. Yeah. So people will come into your life, part of the journey. But they're not meant to go on the journey. Yeah. So you can't treat them like, like in a bad way. No, of course not. You know, the thought that came to my mind is, um, you know that series, The Chosen? Yeah, season you, two. Nic- well, but when season one, at near the end of the season, Nicodemus, right? Yeah. Yeshua invites him to come. He gave money. He did. But my Back point- money. But you know what? And Jethro gave gifts as well. Yeah. But I just, I mean, I, I just feel so- yeah, I mean, you're just supposed to go really journey, want right? Nicodemus to well, go. I think he made it in the end, right? <laughs> you really want to go. Joseph Arimathea, Nicodemus hung out. I know, and and look again, I'm, they got I, the resolve, you know. I, I believe, and I, I I love the contrast between the character of Shmuel in that series and the character of Nicodemus because I, I just love seeing how look you have the religious leader that's stuck, you know, stick in the mud, right? Uh, you know, going by the traditions, and then you have the one that's saying. You don't think God can move, right? You don't think God can do something new. You think that this is all there is, you know? And so I just love seeing that contrast. But then Nicodemus, what's holding him back? It's the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Amen. He had power. He had position. That's the thing. He had his wife in the back of his ear, right? Telling him, oh, but all the nice things that we're going to get when we come to Jerusalem, we're going to be rewarded. You know, that whole thing is holding him back. And we, we should all be running after Yeshua. Amen. You know, it's funny when you release something, you always get something better. You know, it's like a teaching series I want to do. There's a better way. Oh, there is a better way. Oh, yeah. I got to give this up or I can't do that. There's a better way. There's a better way. There's binding and loosing. Oh, yeah. Uh, So Moses' father-in-law was not meant to go on this journey. Uh, And so in Numbers chapter 10, verses 35 and 36, this is so powerful. And it came to pass when the ark set forward that Moses said, rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered and let them that hate thee flee before thee. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. Hallelujah. So, so this Torah scroll is on the move, on the march, in the Ark of the Covenant. Here we got It's moving. And he's like, let Israel come to the Torah. Yeah. Let Israel come to your mercy seat. And it, the, this word is shub, to return. It means to turn back. You know, teshuva, shub. Yeah. You know, uh, a verb meaning to turn, to return, to go back to. Do again, to change, to withdraw, etc. It's used to describe divine and human reactions, attitudes, and feelings. Uh, God's people will return and seek him in the last days. Amen. Deuteronomy 30, verse 2, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> Can you read that? I'm sorry, Deuteronomy what? 30, verse 2. Yes. 
God's people will return and repent and seek him in the last days. And it says they're going to return with weeping and supplication. It does. Not with anger, pride, and arrogance, and judgmental spirit. It's talking about the nations where he's driven us. He says, and you shall return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, and thou and thy children with all thine heart and with all thy soul. That's good. Now let's move on to Isaiah 59, 20. Uh, got some sword drills going on here. Isaiah fifty nine twenty return Shub. Oh, I have it highlighted as well. Look at that. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. Shub, return. That's right. That's right. You know, if Torah once was, it'll be again. Teachings and instructions. Amen. And people make such a big deal about the Torah. Well, we don't have to do this. We don't have to do that. There's no temple and blah, blah, blah. Well, we, we want to. We get to. Well, and that's uh, the cool if thing. you're stuck in the conversation of I don't have to do that, you're, you've missed it. It's, it, it's fine. Forget now, the it. last one is Hosea 3.5. I love this one. Hosea 3.5. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. do we got any Ephraimites out there? Come on, Hosea. Where you at? <sighs> Hosea 3.5, right after Daniel. I know it is. It's just some. That's all I can tell you. I know. Here it is. Hosea 3.5. <sighs> Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. So the people of the book of Hosea are going to return back. Woo! Yes. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. This is exciting. It is exciting. And it's not by might or or power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's right. Amen. So here we go. In closing out Numbers chapter 10, uh, when living the lifestyle... Uh, in regards to the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, why is it that not everyone wants to go on the journey? Um, if it were just about information, I feel like everybody would go on it. But you this, think it's ignorance? This is truly or is it divine appointment. This or, is truly revelation. Well, how about this, Ryan? Check this out. Now, also, this is another twist. The real question is, where is your faith, and how do you practice it? Yeah. So, like, if we're doing these things, that's our faith. Yes. Oh, absolutely. We believe that we are drawn to the land of Israel. We, we believe that we are drawn to the Jewish people. Yes. We just know. We just, we're drawn to them, and it's a way of life, and it's the way it is, and whatever God puts in us, we just need to do. That's the thing I learned about this, this, this conference. It's funny that you say that, because I did come to a enlightening, but yet sometimes disappointing revelation when I got into the Hebrew roots, because we get so zealous. And my wife was actually talking to me about how zealous I get about stuff sometimes. I get a little overzealous, a little excited, you know? Yeah, like sharing with everybody where I was last Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. No, no more undercover. <laughs> So the, um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, no, the, the revelation I got when I first yeah. started was that people base their faith on different things. Right. Some people church as a country club. Some people church as traditions of their, their forefathers, right? right? You know, and then some people have a true relationship and believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God, and they're seeking God through his Holy Spirit, right? That, that those are the things that he is, is looking for, amen? And I think that that's a... Um, a big deal when you come to that realization that if you start having a conversation with somebody and this is not really catching on, right? They're not getting it. Yeah. It's because their faith may not be based on this. They may have a different faith. Well, remember, Ryan, it it says in Jeremiah 31 in Hebrews 8, after those days, I will write my Torah on minds and hearts. Amen. All will know me. That's right. From the least to the greatest. There'll be no need for anyone to teach of the Lord. That's right. Because they'll all know me. Meaning meaning that if, if someone's getting a download of the Torah on their mind and their heart, you're going to know. Yeah. Oh, Shabbat Shalom. Hey, yeah. Torah portion. I heard Torah portion. What? Yeah. Book of Numbers. Uh, yeah. You know. Did you say feast day? But it doesn't Just, mean that, that they're getting the download. Yeah. No, I know. So let's move on to some uh, the complaint department. We could actually stop here. I think this would be a good place to just, you know. Let's see what, what what's going to happen here. <sighs> All right. So Okay, so chapter 11 of the book of Numbers titled, The People Complain. And Real so simple. Here's question number 12. What did the Lord do when the people complained? The Lord became angry, his fire burnt among them, and it consumed those in the uttermost parts of the camp. So if you're sitting in the back of the class, you might have gotten toasted. One foot in the world, <laughs> one foot in the camp, straddle the fence. Sing soprano. That's right. So when the people cried to Moses, he prayed to the Lord and the fire was quenched. So yet again, another example of Moses interceding on behalf of the people. Well, he interceded at the golden calf incident, didn't he? He did. Many times he's interceded. Uh, Make intercession, not accusation. That's right. So uh, I mean, the damn, think about it. When something happens to, to people around me, I'm like, they've already done it. I need to pray for them. Right. Why so belabor the point of, you know, beating a dead horse that 
but why is it such a problem to complain? Uh, you know, is what kind of one of the questions that comes to my mind. I have been known to complain periodically. I'm not really a complainer type person, but I'm not immune to it. Um, and so one of the things I thought about is I was like, okay, so God is, these people are in the desert. And so every direction that they look, it's like either sand dunes or rocky soil, right? I'm thinking, you know, dry, arid climate, not much green, nothing to eat, right? And so literally God is sustaining them by raining honey wafers from the sky, okay? Yeah. He's raining honey wafers from the sky. Manna, what is this? Right. Raining honey wafers from the sky. And what do you do? You get it and you're like, uh, I'm, you got anything else? What did you just say? Like, no, but, but you don't right, uh, look yeah. a gift horse in the this mouth. Are we any different, though? <laughs> no, of course no, not. No, no, let me tell I you why. I prefaced it with that. No, let me tell you why. Here's the deal. Aleph Beta, Orthodox Jewish website, yeah. teaches Torah in little cartoons and clips. Yeah. Incredible, incredible resource for any Christian for that sure. would like to learn more, especially the vantage point and the viewpoint and a paradigm shift. Yeah. So the children of Israel came out of Egypt. They had to trust God for everything, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Their food, their water, where they're going to go, what they're going to do, because they had shelter. They had food. They had clothing. They had all these things. And now they had to trust him for everything. And Ryan, I've had it hit me. I have all of this. Yeah. But God's like, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Yeah. Do you trust me? So, so you know, you know. what this reminds me of is uh, I saw a a video uh, testimony by Robert Morris, the guy who wrote the best, the blessed life. He's the pastor yeah. of Gateway Church in Texas, and he was saying that uh, one time, you know, he kind of made it a practice starting to give away cars. One of the things that he does, and so he he had his couple over to his house, and he surprised this couple by giving them a car, one of their cars. And so the, the wives are inside, and he's outside with the husband, you know, and they're talking about the car and looking at it or whatever. And, and then uh, he's walking up the driveway, and the guy's like, hey, you know, but this car, no, that's a nice car, right? Trying to hinting towards, like, why are you giving me this? Why don't you give me your nice car, you know? And, like, you know, you get that sinking feeling. But it's that same idea, right, that, like, you're giving this awesome gift to somebody, oh. and it's just never enough, you know? And I think God feels that way sometimes with us sometimes. Sometimes we can be overzealous and maybe give something we shouldn't have because they're, they're not grateful. That too, yeah, yeah. Or we can. We but just think, they, oh, well, you know, you got to be really led. It's really also about our heart. Yeah, I mean. It's not about them being grateful as much as it is us being generous. But let's talk about some of these people, Ryan. What's uh, number 13? So what two groups of the people lusted after the flesh to eat? It was the mixed multitude and the children of Israel. Oh, that mixed now, multitude. this mixed multitude is very interesting because um, it, it's actually a promiscuous assemblage. They were promiscuous. Now, here's, here's the word that I'm getting from the Blue Letter Bible, the interlinear, the Hebrew interlinear. It's, it's, this is the Hebrew word for mixed multitude. Strong's H628. Asaf Suf. Asaf Suf. Let's do that one more time. This is how you learn how to pronounce these words. Strong's H628. Asaf Suf. Asaf Suf. Isn't that interesting? So is this not the Ereb? It's at it's as a suf. So it's, it's it's a different word. Oh, gotcha. It's a different word, but it's almost like a people among those people. Yeah. So like yes, a mixed yes, multitude yes. comes out, which is like a tapestry or a thread of materials that creates like a tapestry, a woven threads, and then what happens is from that group you get the promiscuous ones. Oh yeah, they're not Israel. Yep. But. But And so, once again, you have a promiscuous assemblage. Yikes. A promiscuous assemblage. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> so what happened to them? What were they doing? So um, they started to complain. So they started remembering the good old days back in Egypt when they had fish, cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic, right? Because, um, again, they've been eating honey wafers. And so we were talking about the uh, Daniel fast, you know, and how like by the time you get through three weeks of Daniel fast, like you don't even want to look at a Triscuit, right? Or hummus. Or hummus. I always save it for that. We save hummus and Triscuits for the Daniel fast. I don't think I've had a Triscuit (laughs) or hummus since last year. And so it just says that the people were tired of manna. They got tired of it. And so, uh, again, my three weeks experience with the Triscuits during the Daniel fast makes me feel like I would not have been in the... Right, they'll be good on the Daniel grateful fast, group. I would have part of that. Oh, they, they will be, be good. Yeah, they'll yeah. hit the spot. They'll be amazing, right? So, did Moses say to the Lord that the people were a burden laid upon him? 
Well, you got to remember, they had over 600,000 men over the age of 20. Yeah. Some so the complaint department was overrun. I bet. And then you add wives and children, they're saying at least two million, two yeah, and a half million. Forget people. about it. Stick a fork in him. He's done. So, yes, the answer there is yes. And so the Lord had Moses choose 70 elders that he knew, and the spirit that was on Moses would be put upon them by the Lord to help bear the burden of the people. I would actually even say this is a form of discipleship. Yeah. So these people represent Moses in a proper way, in a good way. Yeah. And they won't go south. It's an elder board. They won't go rogue. And so, once again, that's what's going to happen. Seventy means the nations. It does, yeah. Yeah, represents the nations. And so, how long did the Lord say he would feed the children of Israel flesh? One month for all the meat eaters, are the carnivores. Got it. And so, uh, what did the seven—well, okay, so before we get there, what did he he give them for flesh? Quail. He did. He gave them quail. Birds. So, he rains quail on them. And so, after 30 days of eating quail and honey wafers, you think the people were tired of quail? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're going to complain again. So so what did the 70 elders do when the Spirit rested upon them? All right. Um, they prophesied. They did. They prophesied. They so prophesied. The 70 elders were given the gift of prophecy through the Spirit of God, but it didn't just stop there. Well, no, look, because what's that word? It's naba. Naba means to speak or sing by inspiration. Ah. To speak or sing by inspiration. So to be inspirited. Inspirited. Like yeah. when you watch something, you're inspirited. Yeah. Inspiration. That's where you get the word So God gives you the word and then you're... You're inspirited. Letting it out. Okay. You know? And so... Elda- it also means to predict. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have a little scuffle inside the camp, right? Yeah. So Eldad and Medad then prophesied in the camp and Joshua wanted Moses to forbid them. But Moses' response was that he wanted everyone to have the spirit. You know, that's the thing. When people come and join you and come alongside and they don't cause waves, it's, it's, it's a great thing. Absolutely. They come along, they participate. They're not being a headache. I know, think a that some people take ownership of things that don't belong to them, right? The spirit of God belongs to who? To God. Right. And God is going to uh, show his glory by his prophecies through his people. And I think that when we try to limit God and who he can use, you know, think we're going to quench I mean, the Holy every, Spirit. You, you can get, there's the tough cookies, you know, the tough cookie crowd. There's the type A personality, <laughs> strong, bold, confident, get the job done. That's all well and good. Yeah. But then it's interesting that these two particular characters here. Yeah. Eldab and Medad. Eldad and Medad. Eldad means God loves. Favorite of God, love of God. Yeah. The love, brother love. You ever had brother love? Uh, Yeah. Brother love is cool. He's a cool cat. But what about me dad? Me dad, you dad. Yeah, he dad and she dad. Me dad. It means love. (laughs) They dad. He that measures water of love. That's what that name means. Hmm. Me dad. So these guys had a right spirit already. They already had a good name. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Well, if they're not against me, they're for me. That's what Jesus was saying. Right. And I like what this pastor was saying at this conference. Don't touch the church. Amen. Don't you touch know, the church. He had mentioned about, you know, people razz different ministers and ministries, like even Joel Osteen. Yeah. But, uh, man, he went to Hawaii, and, like, the, the Christian population is real low. And he had these two events and packed it out, and I don't know how many people got born again and saved. Hallelujah. In Hawaii. Yeah. You know, with the natives and everything. The luau. Yeah. So, so what I, what he was saying is that don't touch the church. Don't don't you know, don't mess with the uh, ministers and ministries, people that are doing the gospel. Yeah. Of course, you already did this. One. What kind of flesh did the Lord bring to His people? Quail, quail. And you want to read Numbers eleven thirty three? Yeah. It says, and while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. 1133, a plague. Do you guys see the word plague? Yep. Now, let me ask you a question, Ryan. Who plagued the people? God. So everybody's fighting over the Kung flu, (laughs) the Chinese virus. Right. Right? The Wuhan flu. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, You know, what's the other one I heard? And, And the bottom line is that God allowed it. That's right. Whether it was made in a lab or whatever. So 1133 is a plague. 4347... He, he plagued the people. 4347. Let's look at this up. 4347. See if it's. Is it leprosy? Oh, I don't know. 
See if it's the same number. Numbers 11. Mm-hmm. Does it say 43, 47? Mm-hmm. Okay, macha. A wound. Pestilence. Beaten. Blow. A plague. Slaughter. Smoke. Sore. A stripe. Stroke. A wound. Means a blow. Yikes. That's what this the connotation is. A blow. That's a serious chastisement. A wound. Yeah, so he, he did something to him. We don't. I guess a feminine noun mean. meaning a blow, a stroke. When the word carries this little sense, often a weapon, a sword, rod, whip function functions as the instrument by which the blow is delivered. And it does say that those are on the outside of the camp. That's they holy were, belt. That he, he you know smote them. Took with the fire. belt off his robe and whacked him one. Yeah, it does say Gosh. that all those that lusted were buried at Kibroth. And he chastises those. Hataava, right? So they, they place where they lusted. Those people that were hit with the plague, they died and were buried at Kibroth. Hot Ava, which means graves of craving or graves of lust. Graves of craving. So basically... Lust the, is never full. The very thing that never you were filling. craving after is the cause of your death. Not good. All right. I'm going to move us on here. Yeah. All right. So chapter 12, Miriam is punished. So now you're dealing with a congregation that's complaining, a mixed multitude. Now it's your sister. Yeah. Now it's those that are closest to you. Yeah, this is the example. Those that, closest to you can yeah, hurt yeah. you the most. That's right. I know. Think about it. I know. It's his sister. His older sister. Remember, mm-hmm. she's she's the firstborn. Aaron's the middle child. Moses is the baby. That's right. All right, so let's get into it. It says here, what two people spoke against Moses and what for? Well, Miriam and Aaron for the Ethiopian woman whom he married. Yeah. Supposedly. So You know, so this ethnic, was his ethnic second wife, right? there. Right, his second wife? I, I, I guess so. Because Zipporah is his first wife. She's a Midianite. Maybe he had the Ethiopian woman before he had, what, Keturah? No, Keturah is Abraham's That's Abraham's. Wife. Yeah, yeah. No, Moses had Zipporah first. Zipporah, zip, zip. <laughs> but this is in the wilderness, and so right. I, you know, I don't know when he married her, how he found her. This is like a- It doesn't even tell us her name. This is like a reality show now. It just says Ethiopian woman. Right. But here's what I thought was interesting. Now, There's a lot to this. We don't know why they didn't like her. We don't know it's because you know, of her ethnic background, her color. We don't know what was going on, if it's racism or, or what's happening here. What we do know is that they didn't like it. But I find it interesting that the people of Israel and the people of Ethiopia through the ages have been connected in some way, shape, or form. Ethiopians. Right. right. And I just I think there's just something about Ethiopia and the people of Ethiopia in God's plan because I mean you look all the way back here, Moses marries an Ethiopian woman, right, in his latter days. And then you look at there's people that say the Ark is in Ethiopia. There's um Ethiopian Jews that when uh, all the way back to the Bar Kokhba revolt, they came down the Mediterranean Sea into the Nile, and they rode the Nile all the way down to the end into Ethiopia or wow. down that straight, you know what I mean, back around the the side there, so of Africa. So it's just interesting to me how the people of Ethiopia and the people of Israel have been. There's you know, a neat template going on. How to go research this connected, template? Yeah, we'll have to look it up. So Aaron and Miriam believed Moses was not the only one to whom the Lord could speak to. This is where it gets dangerous, right? Well, see, they were in Egypt with Moses. They were there. He came and got them. Right. They were reunited. Right. And now they're hitting the wilderness. Right. So they're like, hey, you know, we're in Egypt. I just, I, I can't we're help but siblings. think, you know, like I, I've been in the situations, right, where like you're, you're experiencing a move of God and the Holy Spirit in a place. And sometimes there's this thing that creeps up inside you to be judgmental about certain things, right? Yeah. And those are the things you have to cast down, right? Just like, uh, who I was it? Close my eyes and look down. Who was it that was uh, judging King David's worship? You mentioned this a couple of times. Michal. Michal, right? His King wife. Saul's uh, daughter. Is pointing him out, right? Yeah, look at him. Making a, making a fool out of himself, yeah. right? And so. And she was barren. Exactly. So she was punished Gosh. and so we have to remember not that it's really not our place right i will tell you this i have read the bible enough to know that if god doesn't like something and it's really something that uh he feels like is def, you know defaming his name yeah. in, in a holy context he will zap that but person you know, if we out. say hey i wouldn't i wouldn't worship like that that's you between you and god right, right but right. to say if you mock them right especially publicly boy that's the dangerous place it to is. be and we're into the arts i agree I agree. So here's what happens, right? So there's a little squabble between the siblings, and the Lord says, get over here, just like I do to my kids sometimes. And so he called, the Lord called Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to the door of the tabernacle so he could speak to them. And this is what he says in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 8. He says, with him, regarding Moses, will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, in the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then were you, ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Look, 
God has done so much through Moses up to this point. Why, you know, why do you come to the place where you have to, you feel like you have to, you know, come against this leadership? It just doesn't make any sense. And so what happens? The cloud departs and Miriam becomes leprous. The cloud departs and Miriam becomes leprous. And now here's the problem, right? Moses cries out to God to heal his sister, right? And then Miriam is put outside the camp for seven days, and when she returned, they left, has wrote, to the wilderness of Paran. So the cloud goes to the wilderness of Paran. She's put outside the camp for at least seven days. And so they have to hang out behind, and they don't get to follow the cloud, right? They want to move. You want to move when the cloud moves, amen? But they're stuck back because of what miriam did and so remember is our, she quarantined our act she's put outside the camp she's in the quarantine right and if you See, know the laws the of leprosy right then she has to go right. out and come back i just feel like our actions affect those around us and the whole congregation had to hang back and didn't get to follow the cloud because of miriam's actions you know i've learned something ryan about controversy when you have public relations, it turns into a nightmare, and you got to you got to resolve something. You got to do something. You got to get through something. Yeah, you got to do it. That that has to happen. But notice that it happened here. They left Hazaroth to the wilderness of Paran. Did they not? Yes. So they had this situation, right? God burned the uttermost parts of the camp, like straddling the fence. He burned them, right? Yeah. He plagued them for the lust for the quail. Right? They're moaning and groaning. Now Miriam does this, but look what happens. In Exodus 32, we have the golden calf incident, do we not? We do. 3,000 people died. Oof. But look what it says here in Exodus 33.1. And the Lord said unto Moses, depart and go up hence. Yeah. Thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying unto thy seed will I give it. Now, it says, get regard, out of there. Yeah, in regards to leadership, real quickly as we close it out, though, it says in, 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 in Hebrews 13, 17, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Amen. So why razz the leadership? You know, here at Baytheon, we have like 27 people in leadership. You need to respect and get along, you know. But this is what we're seeing. Don't have time to get into it all, but just a little reference here if you just want to know. Uh, what is spiritual leprosy? Well, it's pride. Yeah. And it's also going rogue, being rebellious against the established leadership. Because we have an example of King Uzziah uh, or King Azarim. Yeah, King Az Uzziah or Azariah. That's his other name. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verses 16 through 21. He was full of pride and disobedience. He got his way through 80 priests to do this incense. He was not commanded to do the incense as the king, as from the tribe of Judah. Yeah. So it broke out on his forehead because that's where stubbornness starts. Yeah, it sure And does. he died a leper. Yeah. So is it even worth it to try to force your hand, force your will? It's not. No. So what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion Beha alacha when you or when you kindle. When you kindle. I've got a few things. Uh, the first one is obedience brings the blessing. Amen. Obedience brings the blessing. Uh, the pattern throughout Scripture is that they find the Torah, they start to keep it, and God brings the blessing to it. Um, I just I love that pattern. I've seen it many times. Um, be grateful for what God has given you. I think that's another big one. Um, that we should be grateful for what God has given us. And as a nation of priests, we have a responsibility to pass God's word on to the next generation. That's good. What is a priest if they're not the one that protects? Right. And, 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 That's good. And That's good. gives to the posterity right. the teachings of God. Positivity. Yeah. I, I would say I would agree with you, Ryan. Number one, be grateful. Uh, hey, this man is pretty good. Yeah. Next day. This man is pretty good. <laughs> this man is amazing. You can make manna muffins, manna burgers, but it's manna. But thank God. It's so funny. You know, we got leftovers from Shavuot, yeah. you know, and I had a hamburger every day since Saturday. It's been amazing, right? Don't you just love hamburgers? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. I'm going to go eat a hamburger. Go for it. Yeah. And everybody's like, so I'm eating a hamburger <laughs> because it's like, Lord, thank you. 
I mean, this is a holy offering from Monet. Amen. You know? Amen. Uh, and I would say number two, respect and pray for leaders. Amen. Amen. Oh, man. And we just we should just thank God for our governor in yeah. Florida, Amen. Governor DeSantis. We just thank you, yeah. Lord, for him. Why don't you pray, sir? All right, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to, to allow this tour to be relevant for today. And it's your kingdom. It's, it's your theocracy, Father. It's your mind, uh, the Torah. You don't change. So we thank you for the teachings and instructions. We thank you for the lessons to be learned here, uh, to be grateful and to pray and respect our leaders in the civil arena as well as the religious arena, Father. So we just lift up to you this this podcast, Father. We pray that it will just connect to other channels, Father. And we're just we're just believing that maybe there'll be another avenue or another platform to do something, maybe a Christian television network or something that tours relevant for today and Hallelujah. just get into all this awesome opportunities. Because yes, we God. know the lawless one is coming, uh, just like this pastor was saying, now is the time for the body of Christ and not the Antichrist. Amen, amen. And we ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Make sure you guys uh, like, share, subscribe to all that stuff. You guys can give at our website on the little give tab and all that at twopraise.net. If you need anything, email me at ryan at twopraise.net. And uh, God bless you guys. Have a great week.